Welcome back to the Frizz and the Grease podcast with your hosts, Prudo and D. Welcome and thank you for joining us today on a Super Bowl Monday. Everyone's most dreaded Monday of the year. I'm saying, bro. Like, I'm thankfully enough. I did not go ham. Like I know a lot of people that will be tuning in probably did. I don't know if you did, but nah, man, I'm way past that. Go drinking for the Super Bowl life, man. Uh, when the Eagles were doing real nice, I took, I ripped a few shots. I'm not gonna lie. I have a, I have a good buddy who a uh, season ticket holder for the Eagles and he's a big fan. So every time they swear, I was like, let's, let's take a shot, man. That's you're a bigger man than I because I could not do that. Man, I went we went out to drink for drinks on Saturday um, for Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. and like I was feeling it on Sunday morning. So like I'm 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 way past that life, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I gotta be honest. We don't do like we're not big into Valentine's Day in my household, but uh, I'm, I'm trying to plug my computer now because my shit's yeah. I can about see, to... bro, what are you doing over there? <laughs> you know, for the for those that are not for those that are listening, you won't be able to see the the trouble that Trudeau is having over there. Oh, but for those I'm that having are a watching... panic attack right now because <laughs> all right, we've been like behind the scenes, real talk. So there's occasionally we do this podcast where I don't know we cut in and out, and it's mostly because my computer sucks ass. Um, the the battery life's probably like I don't know thirty minutes. And the one thing I forgot to do was plug in the computer before we started. And I just see batteries critically low. And I'm like, oh, shit. So I had to panic and get that plugged in. All right. Absolutely we're good. Absolutely love it. Uh, yeah, we yes. don't do Valentine's Thank you for Day. not cutting out mid-show. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm glad you got to have have the nice night out the misses. You didn't get too wild for the Super Bowl. That's good. Responsible ass adult. I don't like that very much, but whatever. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint. Uh, before we go farther than we need to go, as we do it, and I apologize for y'all that were listening last week. You didn't tell me that I was eating the microphone at the beginning of the show. If I'm talking too close to the goddamn mic, y'all need to say something. But as we always yell into the microphone, happy fucking Monday. Trudeau doesn't have a crack though. Well, a crack for the dude. You already see. Yeah, I am off. I'm off my game today. I'm already this, frazzled. This man is ready to go. I actually, I don't even know if you consider it ready to go. He's just, it was a long night. It seems like it. It's <laughs> some damn shots. I still have Stone Cold on my pad, at least. That's good. Uh, <laughs> hey, man, Super Bowl Monday is a, is a tough day for everyone. And speaking of Super Bowl Monday, we're going to talk a lot about the game last night. Uh, probably the majority of the show, we have a Frizz's five. And if we get around to it, depending how much the Super Bowl talk goes, we want to do a little deadline stuff because last night, last week was popping with sports. Uh, trade deadline was on Thursday. It was really exciting. Mm-hmm. But like, just for you guys watching, I see there's a couple of you out there now. Uh, we want to make this show. Ex- well, we always say we're the podcast of the people, right? We want to be the be the people's show. We want to kind of take your comments, suggestions, podcast, yeah. yeah right. um, and this this show, we want to actually up the ante. We're gonna open up the phone line, and you know, if you want to call in and talk to us, give us some of your hot takes, whatever about the Super Bowl, halftime commercials. I don't give a shit. Um, we want to hear from you, so. I'm going to pop the number up afterwards uh, once we get going and feel free to call whenever uh, and just be part of the show. So D, just overall, uh, well, before we get into the this, this, this Super Bowl itself, do you have like a nice spread for the Super Bowl? Like, do you have a nice drink, food spread or nah? Are you mm. low key? Doro Merigato, Mr. Roboto. Of course, your internet. I mean, for those that will get to listen to the Autobots, Over reference for the Super Bowl. Uh, typically, 
we usually go to the in-laws crib uh, and they usually have an incredible spread. This is the first year. I don't think we we didn't go anywhere. First year with two kids. So like two kids that have a bedtime smack dab in the middle of kickoff. So like it's just not the best timing to, to wake up a two-year-old and a one-year-old at like the third quarter to be like, hey, we're going home. So we decided to chill, relax, no real spread. We had leftover sushi from when we went out to eat for dinner on, on Saturday night. Nice. So that's that's kind of how we spent that. To get, to get what about of, yourself? What's your spread? Yeah, you, you, like? should, uh, you should. You tell me what vibes I give off. We had charcuterie, uh, j- charcuterie okay. and white claws. Was was what we were going at? I'll let you say it, man. I'm not gonna say it, but that's yeah. You're right up my alley. No, you're right up the alley that you think I'm going to say with white people. Um, but that's 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 <laughs> for you, man. If you like the white claws, if you like charcuterie boards, that's all. Wait, you, man. wait, that's you're, not my you're taking down the charcuterie boards. You're not into the charcuterie, bro. It's so cheese you know and meats. I'm a big fan of grabbing like pepperonis and like peppers, but like that's about it, man. Like I don't need all of those different selections that are on the board. Also, takes a shit ton of time for somebody to put that together. So, kudos to those that do it. But now nah, that's not up my that's not my cup of tea. All right, and just for those who joined us live uh, just now, we do have the hotline open. So if you want to call with some of your Super Bowl takes or whatever, anything about the Super Bowl, give give us a give us a ring. Um, but actually, diving diving into the game itself, did you enjoy it? I did. So this was for for what we were expecting. I know I said 24-20. I expected it to be a low-scoring Super Bowl just because of the defense of the Eagles to get 30-plus points out of two teams. This is what people wanted, right? Like they wanted the excitement of people scoring touchdowns, not just like rolling touchdowns, like a bunch of rushing, even though that was Jalen Hurts. It was like exciting touchdowns, like passes down the field. We saw the A.J. Brown catch, which was absolutely incredible. Uh, we saw Kelsey take take one deep. So like it was great for the offensive fan or the the, the casual fan to see a bunch of points. So I enjoyed the game. I thought both teams played incredibly well, limited to no mistakes, but I'm sure we'll go into it when it comes to all the mistakes that did happen. Absolutely. And shout out to J.A., man. Uh, appreciate him. Uh, longtime listener, first time here with us in the actual live stream. I feel like uh, throw out your questions, call the hotline, whatever you guys want, be part of the show. Uh, yeah, it was crazy because this Super Bowl might have been the cleanest one I've seen in my recollection. One turnover, Four, I think it was a four sacks. No, three total sacks. I didn't see yeah. much as far as penalties are concerned. Uh, and it wasn't such as like, it wasn't a thing of it was bad defense, right? It was just two teams executing at a high level. Incredible offense. I know that I had, so I had messaged you, but I messaged like literally all of my group chats. What Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy and Patrick Mahomes did as a scheme for that team was incredible and big shouts to Sirianni as well. Like we understand that like the Chiefs defense isn't like like their bread and butter. It's not the way that they're going to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. But they also ran their script to a T with you know getting Jalen Hurts vertical and not outside runs, getting him right up the middle, right? And and then when they expect it to be running up the middle, hit him over the top with the deep pass. And like they both coached incredibly well for that game. And it came down to a field goal, right? Like that's what we would want as a fan. Yeah, I think I think the Andy Reid angle is a good good way to start because you mentioned kind of how the coaches and we we're big proponents in this podcast about how much coaching matters in the NFL. Um, and just we'll start with Sirianni. I think what he did was he knew he had a very talented roster, and he said we're not going to win playing scared. I texted you; they wanted mm-hmm. to win, and I appreciate that because some teams get into that big game. 
Um, it reminds me of remember the 49ers when they played the Chiefs in their first first Super Bowl, uh, Mahomes' first Super Bowl win, and the 49ers kind of played scared in the second half with the lead, and they you know yep. they ended by blowing it. Sirianni was like, screw it, man. Like, we're here. We're going to go for it. They took big shots that were going for on fourth down, and it, it really paid off for them big time. And then Andy Reid, on the other side, he might be the 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 guru play caller. I know everyone loves uh, McVay out in L.A. for his genius, but the way he surgically dissected the Eagles' defense in the second half, I don't think they had... I heard a crazy stat about the second half um, for the Chiefs, and I might, might butcher some of these stats. Uh, zero punts, zero penalties, zero turnovers, um, zero sacks. Just like a... Per, and, and there was only one incompletion. That was it, the one I and was, it was that you missed. Um, and it was an intentional throwaway. So just like Andy Reid, the way they, they orchestrated the second half, the game plan, it was outstanding. I think... Uh, I think you agree with me, Andy Reid. I don't. I don't know the old time you had coaches as well. In my lifetime, I'll just say, right, second best coach, hands down. Yeah, I still give it to Bill because of what he's done in New England and the dynasty he's built. But uh, Andy Reid's done it with two organizations now, made them great, and you know, I think I think he gets proper credit though in the media. I think uh, people really sing his praise. I do want to get your uh, question on uh, opinion on this though. On the flip side. I don't know as like a, a fan watching it, but it seems like the enemy gets no praise for this. It's all an Andy Reid. And I was curious your thoughts because like it's hard to tell who's who's doing what there. Two ports to it for me. So first part, oh, I said part very strange. I didn't, no, I didn't you're see good. this. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Oh, there's this question right there. Um, so first part for me at least was Andy Reid is the second best coach. Like I alluded to it, I think either not not the last show because we were talking you know wwf but i think two weeks ago i said like if he wins this like i understand bill is the best of all time greatest of all time but i'm pretty sure andy reed will start to sneak into that area just based off of his resume and like what the play calls the scheme that they had for this game right they understood he understood how aggressive philadelphia is and they're going to play man up defense they're going to try to rush their four limited blitzes because Mahomes is hobbled. There were three plays that stuck out. Two of them were essentially the same play, but it was perfect timing for them for them both. And then one of them that was incredible. So Kelsey on a third and I want to say nine ran a stick route, but not just a normal stick route, like the old school stick and nod from like college football uh-huh. where you, you, you expect it to be an out. Then he turns it into a corner and then boom in right across the middle. He was not only wide open, but the anticipation of Mahomes to be like, this play is good. This play is butter. All I have to do is make sure that the left tackle gets blocked. He does fire it over the middle, easy 15 to 20 yards. And it's like from then on, you could tell this is going to be an easy game for them. They're still going to have to deal with the you know the D-line, but Andy Reid put Fletcher Cox in areas that he didn't want to be in when it comes to double team, but not always double teaming. He made their defensive linemen, like the outside exterior linemen, non-existent, whether it's chipping them with Kelsey, chipping them with McKinnon. He lined up Jarek McKinnon at fullback and pulled him. Yeah, that, like, and he, that like, was a hell of a block, too. <laughs> it was at, it was it was right at the goal line. So, like, the linebacker that he blocked may have – I'm not going to say he would have stopped him, but he would have had a chance to make a play. They pulled the, the right guard and their fullback, who was Jarek McKinnon, into the C gap. Yeah. Like, this is, like – this is incredible thinking. And, like, they, they did – what they needed to do against one of the league's best defenses. And they yeah. made them look minute, like very in, infinitesimal is what people would say. 
I thought, you know what, the, the, the one thing I wrote down that I thought was really interesting is it almost felt like both teams realized they had to adopt a different game plan to win this game. And it's it almost feels like they, they adopted each other's identity offensively. Um, if you look at Kansas City's rushing yards, they, they averaged one, 6.1 yards a carry. Uh, Pacheco was, was ripping off run after run on, on the most important drives of the game. Mm-hmm. Eagles only had 3.6, and Hurts accounted for the majority of those carries and uh, those total yards. So their running backs did really poorly. Um, and obviously, you know, the Eagles' bread and butter is the run game. And then on the flip side, Kansas City sub-200 passing. Eagles over 300 yards passing. So it, it was weird in that the Chiefs realized if you are going to throw the ball, that pass rush, which was like historically good, I think they were like third best sack total in NFL history. Granted, they have an extra game over some of the teams in the past, um, mm-hmm. but they realized really they'd have to run the ball, and they did it really effectively, and that was huge for them because it gave Mahomes a little more time in the passing game. One of the bigger aspects that I don't think there's something about it's just human nature. It sets in. Everybody expected Mahomes to not scramble this week. And then when he got hurt, you were like, there's no way he can. Like, he just limped off again. Yeah, it looks bad. Most of his most of his scrambles were easily the, oh, crap, he can run. Oh, my like, God. Like, the people forgot that he could run. We're going to touch on that one soon. I want to touch on that so bad. But, like, I got a bone that's to pick. A, that's a whole other segment. Like, we, we have to have a designated I forgot about that. that. I wrote that down, yeah. too. What what I was what I was saying is most of Mahomes' runs were key first down runs. Like they weren't just scrambles for one or two yards. They were like third and six, and he f- picked up fifteen. So like their their run game was perfectly executed, especially with the man to man. Sirianni's going to line up a man. He doesn't care. They, our our best seven are better than your best seven. And if you look at it roster wise, he's still right. You know what I mean? Still correct. Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, Kelsey, obviously, across the middle. But, like, Juju Smith-Schuster, who? Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who? You know what I mean? Like a, bu- uh, like, a bunch of names that if you look across, you go, no, the Eagles man up better. And that's scheme, man. That's that's, yeah, that's our guys may not be better than yours. That's the old school New England. I'm not going to compare the two, but that's the old school. Why the hell is Edelman always open? Why the hell is fucking... Um, Danny and Mendola open. You know what I mean? Like how? They're not better. So it's scheme. I think I think it's part scheme. And I think maybe the way we approach this is attack the Kansas City offense and go to Eagles offense. And when we get to the Eagles stuff, I want to touch on what J.A. said in the chat about uh the what is it? The rugby, rugby play. Uh, oh, I love we'll, that. We'll get we'll talk about that. I think that's what he's referring to. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh but from the Kansas City point of view, I think part of it is scheme, but I think also Travis Kelsey is just so dangerous that he draws so many eyes that they can then scheme off of that. Because if you remember, I think it was Sky Moore and was it Kadarius Tony who had that kind of like in and out um, to score touchdowns on. It was the same play opposite sides. Same play back to back, back to back scoring. But the play is designed for them to look like it's going to be a drag route. And Mm -hmm. because of the effect it would have on Kelsey opening him up, the defense overcommits and they bite down and when you pull it back. So like, I don't think their offense, you can scheme as much as you want, but having Travis Kelsey as kind of the eyes um, really, really helps them. And it reminds me a lot of how the Patriots use Rob Gronkowski uh, and, and kind of used him to draw a lot of attention and scheme the little white guys open. Um, it's, it's very true. And I said it, I mean, this isn't really to, you know, to toot the horn, but like I said, 
we were going to see a different Patrick Mahomes without Tyreek Hill. Without that security blanket of just fuck it, throw it downfield, he's a he was able to utilize the whole roster Amen. in the Super Bowl. Like, what's up? Take take your bow. Take your bow. Go ahead. You want me to? All right. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. I appreciate it. Because I said it. You said I it. I said it week one. <laughs> you said it. I said it week one. And I'm not even a Chiefs fan. I'm not even going to go down the road of going off, right? You said take a bow. I wasn't even going to do that. Uh, no. <laughs> but just so you guys know, literally said week one. I don't. I didn't call him. For, and now I'm going off a tangent because you brought it up. I said he was going to be the best version of it. Is he a better passer? Yes. You are going to see him start to absolutely manipulate. He's going to start to surgically take down people this season we saw him with his least amount of turnovers we saw him have incredible success passing to people that aren't named travis kelsey and the super bowl is prime example so many people touched the ball where he's not keying out on two guys and even one kelsey got open like you said he's going to get his but he was able to find the ball find ways to get the ball to other players that are not superstars this is a very very dangerous patrick mahomes yeah. that the league is gonna have to deal with for the next couple you years. said you you almost said the chiefs would be better without uh, no, I never Ty, Ty said the Hill. Chiefs were better. I, I you can say it. You, you can say it. They won the Super going Bowl. To be a bet. I mean, they did right, but they won a Super Bowl with him. So, like, yeah, that's apples to oranges. But I did say he was going to be a better quarterback. The position of quarterback without Tyreek Hill, the results showed it. Obviously, in the last eighteen to twenty games. Yeah, I. So just touching on the Eagles' offense, I I'm kind of with Jared on this one. Uh. I hate that stupid rugby rugby push play. They they should just get rid of that. They should make that illegal, man. That's so Absolutely annoying. That's not. so annoying. We're, we're I'm glad we're on the opposite side of this. Protect the run game. Like don't get rid of it. And if they are it's going not to line football. up, and, that's rugby, if bro. If they're going to run on, they they lined up in victory formation instead of taking a knee. They ran it. There's nothing wrong with that. And if you got to if you're going to find a way to stop it, man up. Right. Stop having. D tackles be 280 pounds and your defensive lineman be 250 so you can rush the edge. Or where's Ted Washington at, right? Where's Haloti Nada? Didn't they make right? a rule, like, though? I was going to say, with I'm with Jay on this one. Didn't they make a rule no, you can't push like push guys in the back, push the pile? They, they got, got rid, rid of that? Of that rule. What yeah, did they get so rid of that? Was, I don't remember the exact year, but there was an issue with the Matt Leiner, Reggie Bush push in the US, USC I'm National Championship where he, where he pushed him in the end zone. And there was a big thing like, that's illegal. And I'm... Um, like 99.9% positive they got rid of it across the board because of that. You can push anybody in the, at any point. I don't think you can carry them. You can't bring them into the end zone, but you can push them into the end zone. Yeah, I I think, you know, what's going to happen is a quarterback, some quarterback's going to get hurt severely, like a star quarterback, and they're going to get rid of that just to protect the player. Don't know many God or Mr. Robot. Oh, damn it. Sorry. Here we go again. The the internet of Stephen Trudeau. Uh, he will kick back in at some point. But I, again, I don't believe it's illegal. It's just one of those things where it's it's probably frowned upon from everybody that's playing playing offense. Like, yo, man, what are you doing? But the team that's running it is like, just stop it. You know, stop having your linemen be really small and my offensive linemen be really big, and we can just bully you. Yeah, I'm actually. Did you find a date, or are you frozen still? I'm I'm reading the article and it's specifically mentioning uh, the Reggie Bush Matt Leinart thing that you were that you were talking about. Bush Bush. Did you hear me about? That's the, what happened. Did you That's hear me about wrong. um the idea that like a quarterback's going to get hurt, an important quarterback's going to get hurt doing that? And they're going to. You said that, but an important quarterback's not going to run that play. Oh. Not that Hurts isn't important, but he's also a fullback. 
essentially playing quarterback. You're not seeing Matt Ryan line up in that formation and, and run it down the middle. That's not happening. Yeah, I hate that play. It, they were really good at running it, though. It's insane. With that offensive line, it's just not fair. Um, just touching on other things, the Eagle offense, right? I I think I'm ready to say this, and I don't know if this is a crazy take. Jalen Hurts is my number three quarterback now in the NFL. It goes Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts. There it is. You are. I would clap, but obviously I don't want to clap with the microphone here. You are not the only person to think that. I don't know. I haven't sat back. Was to, this to a reaction like yes, or was it like are you yeah. you're a dumbass? Yes, it was a reaction of thank you, right? <laughs> and I'm glad that JA is against it. So what? Go ahead and put Herbert there. Yeah, who go do you want put, ahead of him? I'd love to yeah, hear that's, who's better. That's what I want to know, right? And the the reason why I am I am absolutely loving you saying that is because results prove right this this wasn't just a tip a, a flash in the pan right he showed on the biggest stage that he could throw the ball if needed and he didn't have to the whole season what are what are the what are the Eagles gonna do if they get behind Hertz can't throw. The man went off for 300, 300 yards and no no interceptions. He can throw if he has to, but he doesn't. He's not forced to yeah. because his team is so good and he's really good to keep his team ahead. He didn't even get a rebu- like. If the Eagles didn't get that flag, we may be crowning the Eagles as the Super Bowl champions. And this is a perfect segue to talk uh, about it. But, but no, I, before we get to the flag, but like mm-hmm. just on the on the Hurts thing, right? During that Super Bowl, the, the biggest stage, there was not one throw that he made that I was like, ooh, that's an inaccurate throw. Every oh. throw was just where it had to be, right? So, like, that's a very, very good baseline. But when he made that throw to Goddard, I was like, oh, no, he's that dude. Dime. He's that dude. An absolute he's that dude. Dime. There's like, only, like, was... three people who could make that pass. And that it was impressive as hell. So he will have, and I mean, you can go on the record and saying this, he will have the accuracy of a like Drew Brees, right? He may not have. That's really accurate. That's real accurate. What I'm saying is he's, he has the ability to put the ball where it needs to go. And he always has, right? Like AJ Brown yesterday was like, oh, this ball is not going to be here. Oh crap. This ball is going to be here. Like. He can outthrow people if he needs to, but like people tend to think that if you're a scrambling quarterback, you can't throw, or like you can only just huck the ball and it's not like it's mm. not accurate. And he put the ball in a spot where literally only his receiver could catch it 60 yards down the field. Like, come on, man. Like, let's get off this. And it's not you. It's just every I hear it all the time. Hurts ain't a quarterback. He's a running back. Blah, 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 blah. Like, enough already. Like, he is one of... I'm not going to... Like I said, I have to sit back and start to rank. I'm not going to put him in my top three. I love (laughs) that you did. But, like... I'm like, yeah, we talk about the Hail Mary. Man, it's the end of the game. Like, that's anything that happened on that. I see a lot of haters in the chat. Mostly mostly one hater. And he's yet to say who's better. Like, how? who's number three then if Hertz is not number three? Because I'm waiting. I'm still waiting on who that name is because I'm I'm guessing he has no rebuttal to that. Um, here's the thing, though, I mean, about Hertz. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Like, even if you, worst case scenario, say he's a top 10 accurate passer in the league, like number eight, nine, 10, right? He's still second best running quarterback. You know, meh, mm-hmm. third maybe. I, you might want to get... Uh, your guy out in Chicago uh, fields above him. But either way, combining those two skill sets, right? Top three quarterback. He He's yes. he's that dude. 
he he came so I again I was rooting for I hate to say the political answer I was rooting for both Mahomes and Hertz right but the the trajectory of this man's career like think about what happened when he was at Alabama right he wins a national championship then he gets benched for Tua in another national championship but like like responds well roots for his team is high-fiving and congratulating them winning a national championship goes to Oklahoma and does his thing against Alabama, right? Like he lost, but like he did his thing goes to the NFL. He's going to be a terrible quarterback. He can't trust anything like Doug Peterson gets shipped out. So like people wanted to fire the, you know, people wanted to cut Jalen hurts before getting rid of Peterson, right? They were like, Mm -hmm. you can't win with him. All he does this season is go 17 and two to the Super Bowl, possible MVP if Mahomes isn't, who is the Super Bowl MVP. So it's like he's one A to the one B. He's one B to the one A. Like, mm-hmm. what else does this kid need to do to people to start believing in him? And there's really nothing else. Like, every hate, hater talk that you can have has, to me has been silenced with what he did, not only this season, but in that Super Bowl. Yeah, you know what I think it is with with Hertz is that because of what happened in Alabama and him getting replaced by Tua, there's going to be a stain on him for some reason, like his perception for his career, where he he's the guy who couldn't hold his job in Alabama, so he can't be number three quarterback in the league. And so there's no way that that follows him. That shit is gone after this season, bro. He brought them to the Super Bowl. I know, but like I think there'll still be people who want to hold on to that. And so in the chat, so the the number three person, the our our viewer said what was Allen. And here's the thing, I think they have a very similar skill set, and also the the excuses people want to make of why Hertz is good because he has all those weapons. Josh Allen has weapons too, right? So you could say the same thing about either quarterback. I have a question for you: What mm-hmm. quarterback just went to the Super Bowl and? put up a performance. Actually, I think he, he tied the record for most rushing touchdowns yeah. in the Super Bowl. Who was that? Was it Josh Allen? Why do you got to ask rhetorical questions like that? Absolutely fucking not. It was Jalen Hurts. <laughs> I'm just so saying. What, and I, I can't remember, unfortunately. Um, oh, it was Dayball. That's what it was. Is there's a huge... So there's going to be a huge judgment season for Josh Allen, and it's going to be next year because we saw him... Stink it up, unfortunately, the first couple years of his career, right? Then he gets digs, but he also gets Brian Dayball. What did Brian Dayball do for um, Danny Dimes, right? He made them a playoff team. He got paid. (laughs) Exactly. He made them a playoff team, and Danny Dimes did absolutely incredible. And then Dayball leaves, right? The Bills and Josh Allen regress to the turnover king that he was leading the NFL. Not so great of a season. So if he does this back-to-back seasons, how are you going to put Josh? you know, Josh Allen above a Jalen Hurts who just went the entire season with like a 30 to four turnover ratio. No, probably like a 40 to four turnover ratio. If you combine his rushing touchdowns, I don't understand like the comparison, the comparison between the two. Yeah. Um, Do you want to touch on any of the defenses? I thought like neither defenses played particularly. (sighs) There wasn't like a ton of mistakes by the defense. It's just uh, I just feel like it was just surgical by off both offenses. You know what they say? Great bet offense beats defense or whatever. Great offense, great speed beats great defense. Um, did yeah, you want to touch on that, that last play that uh, was a deciding factor kind of in the game? That's essentially all we can get as a takeaway for the defenses because I don't think that they, I mean, I don't think that the Chiefs defense played bad. 
they played to the par that they could play. I think the Eagles defense did not play their best, right? Compared mm-hmm. to how the good they they've been the entire season. They didn't sack a broken leg ho- not broken. A, a messed up leg Mahomes. They didn't sack him once. So like they didn't live up to their expectations. But I still don't think they play like either team played terribly bad on defense. The offense was just that much better than their counterparts. And I think I mean, this is a kind of again coming from the Saints fan. When it comes to the the defensive holding on third and eight with a minute and 20 seconds left in a game, you cannot put yourself in a situation to have a referee make that call. I can't remember the defensive player that that got the hold. Is it a hold? Yes. Do you make that call in the Super Bowl with the minute 20 seconds left? No. So that I'm you're not going to change the way I feel about that. Like as a defensive player, as a defensive back, you cannot do that in the NFL knowing that they throw ticky-tack fouls for everything and I understand they were letting the boys play. But at at that moment, they called it as as consistent as they had for the past 10 years that that's been a flag. It, it wasn't much of a hold. Usually you see like the body get you know jarred. Jersey tug. There's a jersey, a jersey literally tug. was touching his butt cheek. I know, but there's a difference it. between the jersey getting tugged and you actually getting thrown off your route. It wasn't much of a. Uh, I feel like every play you see someone like just having the hand on the jersey, but it's not usually called unless it's throwing the you know throwing the body off or or throwing the route off. I just thought it was it was a weak call. It's just disappointing because I get it. Like by the books, if you want to throw it, you can throw it. And I feel like that's literally every play at every football game. There's a hold. There's something you could throw a flag in every play. And it just sucks that we had such a good football game. You know, there was only four punts um, and four drives ending in field goals. Everything else was touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. It was one back and forth. Over. It was so exciting. And everyone at home was thinking one thing. All right, now we get to see, is Hurts that dude? Is he going to lead them to win the Super Bowl? Because what we were thinking was field goal. All right, Hurts, you want to prove it? Let's do this thing. And we got robbed, I feel like, as the as the viewing audience. We didn't get that moment because there was so much buildup. And then literally, it's just Mahomes backpedaling, taking knees, and that's it. And it just felt so disheartening to see that. Suck the air out of the stadium, essentially, like out of the entire buildup for the Super Bowl, right? Two weeks worth of, of media coverage, two weeks worth of, you know, hyping up, obviously Hurts, hyping up Mahomes. And then Mahomes makes the drive. He gets the scramble down to the goal, into the, you know, the red zone. I was waiting for you. Don't worry. He gets the scramble into the red zone and like he's setting up and like first down play wasn't the best second down play gets stopped third down i'm like all right we're like third and eight they're just gonna play for a field goal i even texted my group i was like they're playing for the field goal that hold happens and it i'm not gonna say it ruined the game it just made the ending yeah it made the game unfortunately not as exciting as the first 58 and a half minutes were because they it was an incredible super bowl and like i said man being a saints fan you can't do that. You can't put yourself in a position where one play can change the outcome of the game. Like the Eagles had plenty of chances to stop them on defense with an all-time great defense, like you said, best, greatest of all time defense in the history of the game. And they couldn't make that stop, right? 
And Sirianni, thankfully, him and the defensive back that, you know, played that game, that made that penalty, they both went on on air. And, like, for the people that want to hold their, you know, oh, it was a bad flag and NFL scripted all that shit. Like, when people take accountability for shit, like, it's dead. Like, Lame. Like, in, like and, and, Lame. And, and, and it, bro. All, who, what, me? No, that dude is oh, lame. The, the fans. That dude. Uh, oh, he's man. that guy. No, you, remember, so, you remember that commercial? That's like care, it went man. off like, me, coach. It went off me, coach. And all his yeah, like, you fucking buster. It's off me, coach. Nah, no, Sirianni off. said it the same way too. Like, look, man. To tell you the truth, there are I don't know how many plays he said, but he's like, there are ninety plays that that were played in that game. That one call did not decide this game. We didn't do enough. We weren't good enough to win that game. They were better. They executed better. And it's like it's dead. Enough with it being the flag decided the game. Like they put up 35, they let the other team score 38. That's the problem, not the flag. So you're not going to change my opinion with that. I hated the call. I hated it being called at the moment, but it's the right call. You got to play better. You got to do better if you're looking to win a Super Bowl. Do you have any more on the field football uh, thoughts, takes, or whatever? Because I have a couple random Super Bowl things I want to like jump into, uh, including the halftime show afterwards. But like any more on the <laughs> on the field stuff? No, man, I'm good. Like I said, I think we did a good job with with covering the Super Bowl. It's, you know, give the man his flowers when it comes to Jalen Hurts, like I said, in week 12. And Patty Mahomes might be that that next guy that we said we weren't going to see again. So oh, no, I said he's the greatest quarterback I've ever seen. And that that's that's like not like the greatest winner. Like Tom Brady's the greatest winner. But like as far as playing the position, the position quarterback, like playing the position. Yeah, he's he's the greatest. Hey, I'm not gonna beg to differ. On He's that. Jordan. We say, let me let me see a little bit more. But yeah, there's nothing wrong with that argument. By any uh, means. that's not a hot take. Random thought I had, a random story I heard about the Super Bowl. Do you know who Vic Vic Fangio is? Damn, bro. Here we go with the fucking Autobots. Um, it's like whenever you get ready to make a good point, you start turning into Optimus Prime. Um, but go ahead. I'm gonna get a new fucking computer this week. I'm putting. I'm saying it right now. I'm getting a new computer. Damn thing. Uh, do you know who Vic Fangio I'm is? I'm here for it, man. If you do, I will congratulate you. Vic Fangio, old Giants coach, right? No, old Broncos coach. Yeah. Broncos country. Let's ride. He was there after, uh, before. But I wanted to just press that button. But did you hear that he uh, he signed a two-week contract with the Eagles to join their coaching staff because he played against uh, the Chiefs a bunch in the, his past? So they gave him a two-week contract. I thought I heard that like as I was listening to like first take, which is absolutely so weird. Wild. I, but no, that's that's so random. Uh, yeah, he he he's a defensive coach, and he ended up by helping right, cool. their <laughs> offense. Am I a robot again? Yeah. No, you were frozen for a second, but you're good. Oh, okay, I love being a robot. I should just do this the whole fucking episode and do weird <laughs> shit. Oh, god damn. Uh. But that was weird. Did you have any uh, favorite commercials? Were you into the commercials at all? Commercials were good. I'm not going to say they were great. Um, I had made a comment to the misses that they they hit the dog commercials pretty good this year. Like for some dog random reason, they, they wanted people to start crying because of dogs. And I got a little choked up on one of them because they, t- they showed a dog in like the family and like the dog getting older. Uh-huh. And then they like replace. They didn't replace that, but they got a dog. It was an Amazon commercial. They, they got put the a dog, dog down. Yeah, no, stop, cut it out. They didn't do that. They uh, they bought a kennel for a puppy, and it was just like hit me right here. I was like, damn, man, my my dog's turning five this year. Like, why you gotta do this? 
so that, those commercials were dope. I think Tubi did an incredible job of trying to promote their business, but <laughs> their, are bugging, their platform huh? is so bad, man. It's incredible. Some of the movies that they to be to be produced movies that they put out, like go go on social media and just watch what they do, man. It's absolutely hilarious. I had random questions, like one about the commercials. Why do we need a commercials a commercial to tell us about avocados? I don't understand. Do people not know that they exist? I don't. They brought them back. I don't understand. Avocados from Mexico used to be the thing like ten years ago. but like, what are you promoting? Like, yeah, there's avocados. Great. I know now. It's like the Got Milk commercials. I never understood it. It's like, yeah, milk exists. Great. It's not particular. <laughs> it's not like hood milk or whatever. It's just like, yeah, milk. It's just well, milk. The same thing with avocados. I don't understand it at all. Just avocados. Yeah. I know the jingle and I thought it was hilarious because like I, that was like obviously like the, the water break and then like I hear avocados of Mexico. Like I haven't heard that in years. <laughs> uh, why are we making a fast 10? why because <laughs> just why because that's all you need to know is because and jason momoa isn't it they're just throwing as many action stars as they can into, into that john thing. cena's also in it i noticed that um i yeah man it's just a, it's gonna be a great movie i'm gonna make sure that i watch it and then i don't know if this is controversial saying this but we also need commercials for jesus like just like that came out of what? nowhere like <laughs> That one commercial where like they were showing like all the protests and like fighting and all that, but like still images of it. I was like, I, I don't know where we're going with this. And then it was like, Jesus loves all. And I was like, what? Wow. Um, all right. Sure, man. Like whoever paid that, like, did God pay for this commercial? Cause I want to know who spent the money on who put up the bread for this. Cause they ran three commercials. I was like, I was not gonna lie. Was not expecting that. Jesus spent a lot of dough on Sunday. It's, I feel like that's like the milk thing or the avocado things. It's like, oh, this Jesus guy. I've never heard of him before. I should look into that. Ah, all right. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was definitely strange uh, to see Jesus.com or whatever the website is. <laughs> all right. God, go to we, have to. we have to address this because someone's smoking in the chat room. Mm. Are you on board with that that statement? So Someone said Rihanna I'm, is mid. I'm not going to call it mid. I am going to rebuttal by saying, I want to know what y'all motherfuckers would be doing if your pregnant ass was up there trying to dance. And I think she put on an incredible performance. Yo, you imagine being like strung up that high in a, in a, in a stadium, like, like 20 you know probably more than 20 that's like 100 feet in the air like just the logistics behind that was awesome i thought her dance moves for where she's at in her life is absolutely incredible Eh. the dancers around her were pretty dope and you you still have to think about the tracks that are being y'all being used rihanna put out banger after banger after banger and like when she was rapping all or singing all those i was like damn i forgot that these were all tracks that she was in good for her i was expecting somebody like drake not Kanye, but maybe Jay Z. <laughs> that would have been the most up. controversial would, shit. But I mean, when I, she's, I, what, what, was, what was she singing? Um, work, work, work. No, work, with work, the work. Kanye song. What Kanye song? Oh, she starts, all of the lights. Yeah, and like I, I noticed at that point in time, there was a like a almost like a square in the middle of the center stage, and I'm like, oh no, is Kanye gonna come out of the middle? <laughs> There's no way <laughs> that, they could that one would have been weird. I was not expecting. <laughs> I was more so expecting if there were like a surprise thing that, you know, the Super Bowl usually does some random dude, like fat 50 cent laying upside down. Love that performance. But like random Drake out of nowhere or Jay-Z, like those would have been like, oh, word, that would have been dope. But right. I didn't think it was mid. I just thought it was okay. Out of 10, what are you giving it out of 10? I'm curious. Where seven. You're... 
Okay, I was going to say a 7 out of 10 as well. And here's Mm -hmm. my take, right? Here, let's start the good. The good thing about Mm -hmm. the performance, right? Her catalog is just bangers. Like, every every song's like, yo, that's a bomb-ass song. Like, Rihanna's got a great catalog. Um, Another positive... I thought I thought the stage looked really cool. I thought the color scheme, like it really, she really popped with the red and all the white dancers. Mm-hmm. I thought overall, like it was unique. It looked cool. All right, bad. Her dancing was terrible. I don't know what you're talking about. Her dancing was good. She just stood there and just went like this. Chill, man. Again, pregnant woman out there getting her. All right, I understand. Like you're giving her. Thing. Come I'm, on, man. You gotta give her credit for at least the situation. She's I'm not saying I don't. I'm not giving she her the handicap of being pregnant. Rihanna no more, man. She she 35, already got one baby with another one on the way. Rihanna, come on, man. Um, I was kind of hoping that there'd be some sort of guest appearance or something else to break it up. But there wasn't, and that's kind of unusual considering I'm thinking back halftime. I, the weekend was solo, I believe, but yes. that was the last one I could think of that was solo for a while. That was the COVID Super Bowl, too. So, like, I wouldn't, I'm not surprised that yeah. it was like that. But other than that, I don't remember there being a solo artist for quite some time. You I think she, back along. I thought she was fine. Like, I think it was good. It wasn't bad. I, you know what the problem is, to be honest with you, about the Rihanna, Rihanna performance? Is like nobody nobody was going to be able to follow up last year's performance. That was the best shit I've ever seen. Yeah, that's that's one of, uh, and I want to take away, obviously, what we saw last night, but like that was one of, if not the best Super Bowl halftime performance, like in the history of it, of of the game. Like it just, it also hit the nostalgia button for the age group that watches the game now. You know what I mean? Like the 50, 60, 70 year olds, they don't care about that shit. But like all those that grew up in that time frame, are now old enough to reflect back and be like, this was really good music, and we were we were alive for all of this. So like, I, I think that's why it hit more home nostalgia wise for everybody viewing last last year. Yeah, I think too. Like the stage last year was so intricate; they had different parts of the stage representing different parts of California, mm-hmm. and it just like it felt like a whole different like act every time they they switched to performers. And like the Rihanna thing was great, but it was just kind of the same thing for twenty minutes straight. You know, it was all right. Like she was good. Like shout out to Rihanna. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. She was all right. I don't think she was mid. Mid is used Mid's as a negative term. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't think that it was a bad performance. I just thought it was. Hey, it was pretty good. It was okay. It was good. The thing I'm curious about the Rihanna thing, right? Is that <laughs> the thing I'm curious about the Rihanna thing is <laughs> for what, right? Because like, I bet you she signed up to do that before she got pregnant. Because usually yeah. you do those halftime shows, you don't get paid if you don't. If you're unaware, you, those performers don't get paid. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, it's a way to promote yourself. And usually after you do the halftime show, you can have huge opportunities, you know, selling stadium tours or whatever. Like, for example, I saw, I had tickets to go see The weekend in 2021, right? Or I had I had tickets to go see The weekend in 2020, but it got postponed to 2022. Um, and when I went, when I had tickets to The weekend originally, it was at the TD Garden, so a basketball arena. But after a Super Bowl halftime show, it got moved to Gillette, a football stadium, which is so much bigger. And mm-hmm. I lost my ticket because like it's not doesn't transfer. Like I got a refund. But my point being is that like the Super Bowl halftime show is kind of like a a stepping stone almost to like get back at the top. And like mm-hmm. for Rihanna, you know, she did the Super Bowl halftime show, but now she can't tour because she's pregnant. Are you assuming she ain't gonna be touring for a year and a half, two years maybe? 
the buildup is going to be crazy behind that though man people were already waiting for rihanna to release some really good new music so i think this is just going to elevate that because now people are like oh she's pregnant like when is she going to put out that music it's going to build up the the excitement and the, like the anxiety behind waiting for it yeah. anxiousness not anxiety she's going to break Ticketmaster just like t-swift i'm telling you right now wouldn't be surprised I thought that was a good time to transition. I didn't think you had anything else on Rihanna. I'm glad that you do it. Like we run really well together. We see eye to eye when it comes to like when we can go on to like the next segment. So good shit. You know what it is? I I, I had nothing left on that, and I could just see you kind of looking down, like wandering your eyes. I'm like, nah, he's done. He's he can't do. Well. I should just push you. You know what I'm gonna do one of these episodes just to fuck with you is I'm gonna keep on a subject way too long to see how long it takes for you to be like, bro, get the fuck out of here. You could do that, but then we're going to come across, you know, so I bad. Think it been, what, two weeks ago? Was it two weeks ago when we could have, we don't have enough, but like we could probably put together bloopers or like when co hosts aren't listening to each other or something like that. Cause that's exactly how we ended the week. The, I think it was like two weeks ago when you said so something. Bad. And I was like, yep. And it was just dead air. For like or or seconds. the time that you were asking about the Saints coach. And I was just like, yeah. And you asked me like a very pointed question. And I was not paying yep. attention. You just said yes. And I was yeah. like, ah. We didn't get the answer I was looking for, but appreciate you, bro. <laughs> appreciate you too. Prepare yourselves for the greatest and most unique segment in podcast history. Let's rank some stuff with D. It's time for Frizz's Five. You know what? I'm starting to think that announcer guy might be embellishing a little bit. Because I think other, I feel like I've heard top fives before, but not nothing like Frizz's five, right? I know why that anybody has a Frizz's five better than my five. Come on, come on now. <laughs> All right. So if you're new to the proceedings, Frizz's five, D gives his top five of whatever. Um, and be in, in lieu of the Super Bowl, you know, championship matchup. And we we're loving on Jalen Hurts, even though there are some haters in the chat. <laughs> uh, you had a, a special list for us today. Yeah, going on the, the L side, unfortunately. Usually we don't drive Lexus and carry L's with ourselves. But today we're going to start with at least the top five. From, all, from what we saw last night, I feel like we should start ranking some shit when it comes to top championship performances that still resulted in a loss. I'm interested to see where this goes. I didn't do any research because um, it's hard to research this. You have to kind of just mm -hmm. think on top of your head. I had one that really stuck out to me. It's like, oh, this is definitely a top five contender. But uh, yeah, if you're in the chat, we have a good good amount of people here right now. Uh, if you could think of what what is it again? So repeat it one so more time. So championship performances that still resulted in an L. I'm, I hit all as many sports as I could. Okay. Essentially, whether it's a series, whether it's a one game thing, whether it's a you know March Madness elimination type thing, like it's essentially someone performed incredibly well, and it didn't matter what they what their performance was, they still lost. Okay. When you look back, you go, good God, like. How could a team lose when they have somebody on their team doing this? So basically someone who balled out but still lost. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And again, championship level. We're not talking about regular season shit, man. I'm talking like NBA finals, Super Bowl, championship World thing. Series, NHL, gotcha. Stanley Cup. Yeah, like give that man his due because like he put on a performance. So number five, and the way that we start this off, the way that I say it, I don't give a damn what you guys are going to rank. This is my top five. It ain't your top five. Number five. First one I'm going with is T.O. versus the Patriots back in 2022, 2012. 
Okay, do you have some of the numbers for me on this yeah, one? Yeah, number-wise, okay. and it's not even just the stats. It's what he did. This man had a broken leg. I'm pretty sure it was a tibia bone, something that like you shouldn't be playing on. Nine receptions, 120-plus re- receiving yards, and the potential of the game-winning setup for, for, that, for that Eagles team. No tutties? It, no touchdowns mm. because they understood that they were – this man had a broken leg. Like, I mean, again, it's not just the touchdown part of it. It's what he did in that game. Multiple 20 plus yard receptions to set his team up. The Eagles team that all they had was Terrell Owens. Like, think about who they had on offense. All you have to do is key in on this one guy. And with a broken leg, he literally carried them to a chance to win a Super Bowl. Tied, you know, tied game all the way up till 10 seconds of the game. And the fucking the Patriots obviously kicked the field goal for the win. But like that's that's an incredible gutsy performance just based off of what happened to him in that. I guess if you want to give him the asterisks of he had a screwed up leg, broken leg, but broken leg. The performance is, as Jared would say, mid. All right, whatever. I want to hear what yours is. If you don't want to go on deep on that one, but man having a broken leg and putting up nine and 120. And Nobody asked him to play at the broken leg. He but he did. Playing. Like, he did, and he balled the fuck out. Again, this is my top five. It ain't Joe top five. If you Number mean ball, five. you mean average the fuck out, then yes. Whatever. Go ahead. Number four, and I don't care if it's recency <laughs> bias, but we already said the numbers that he put up. Jalen Hurts yesterday against the Chiefs. Wow. <laughs> 300 in the air, 70 on the ground, four touchdowns. That is in, like, incredible in a loss in a Super Bowl era. I don't care if you want to throw out the scrambling quarterback. I don't want to care if you throw about he can't pass. Take the name Jalen Hurts away, insert it with any quarterback, and you say this is what the quarterback did in the Super Bowl. Do you think they won? Most people are going to say yes. One of the craziest performances he put up. I believe there was a point where he's like 27 and 38, like a, a 75% passing percentage, like absolutely stupid numbers to still catch an L, man. Like that's he put the team on his back and he didn't get the opportunity to finish it off with the Eagle with the Chiefs scoring literally with like a minute left. We've forgotten that whole Eagle conversation to talk about Jalen Hurts with the dumbest fumble I've ever seen for a touchdown return. Yeah, that was a that was definitely a weird one. Uh, but that's the RPO, man. Like when you're when you're f- focused on running the ball, shit happens. Like you could just let that shit slip out of nowhere. I hate that. But like that's the RPO. That's the RPO offense you got to deal with. Yeah, I, if just really quick, if if he doesn't fumble that and the you take those seven points away and you give the three points on the missed field goal back to the the Chiefs, so if no mistakes were made, Eagles winning that game, man. It's a bummer. All right, what's your number three? Number three, just because this one is a huge throwback, and I told you I was trying to, to reach out into all these sports. Dog, Barry Bonds in, this, in the World Series against the Angels? Listen to these fucking numbers. This is in the... I don't care if he juiced. I could give two shits about if he juiced, right? Chicks dig the long ball, and I watched baseball when that man was at bat. He went in the World Series, 8 for 17 on 30 appearances. Out of those 17 that he was, you know, at the plate that he either got out or hit something, those 13 others were walks. Just we're not fucking pitching to him. Like in situations that they so, it's the World Series. On 30. He was yeah, eight for he was eight for seventeen with 13 walks, 30 plate appearances. So that means All he those, oh only didn't get on base nine times out of 30. That's insane. <laughs> two home runs, two doubles, like an absolute 
in, in, they would they lost the game eleven to eight, in which he had like three hits. Dog, like we're never gonna see that type of shit again. You know what I mean? Like I'm not gonna be alive. They changed the game for baseball, so I'm not gonna be alive to see another man hit 70 plus fucking home runs and then carry the team. I didn't talk about his postseason. I'm just talking about the World Series. Like he probably broke yeah. records to fucking get to the World Series, but like, dog, eight for 17 and then 13 times in a series, they were like, "Nah, we're not pitching to you. <laughs> we're just gonna put you the next guy on base." Like he got walked. With the bases loaded. I don't understand how somebody does that, but like, I don't think we'll ever see it. It worked again. out well for them because they obviously won that World Series, but base. They didn't me. win the World Series. The Angels. Oh, yeah, the Angels. You're talking about them. Yeah. That's what I meant. Baseball is a weird sport, man. You can't do it by yourself. Look at the Angels now. They have probably one of the best players of all time, Mike Trout, and they suck every year. And they have Otani, who's yeah, crazy Otani. good. Yep. And they still uh, suck. Switching up to basketball because again you can do your thing bro keep coughing i don't care for those that ain't that ain't watching, dying right now bro dying on the if camera i right fall now. over call the police uh, his face is redder than a tomato like it matches his buccaneers jersey but number two <laughs> too much white claw gotta give this man his absolute respect what lebron james did against the golden state warriors in this year i think it was 28 2016 absolutely ridiculous this man had no Kyrie, no Kev Love, and he pushed the dubs to six, obviously against KD and them. 36 and 13 and nine was his yeah. line. He averaged 40 plus minutes. Per, like for, they, they played 48 minutes. He averaged 45. That was my number I understand, one. I understand that Iguodala won MVP for being the LeBron stopper, which is one of the dumbest finals MVPs I have ever seen. If there was ever a case for for a losing team should have been to LeBron. produce, it should have been LeBron James. And you guys know how much I could honestly care less about LeBron. Like, he's the greatest of all time. I get that. Like, Delavadova was, was a starting point guard. Like, yes. The like, craziest what shit. What he did with that team was ridiculous. I was watching basketball the other day. I don't remember what team it was. It was one of those shitty teams. You know who I saw playing big minutes? Matthew Delvadova. I didn't think he was still playing the NBA. <laughs> He's still there, guys. <coughs> that is news to me because I thought he was out of the league. Um, I'm so, hey, man, this coughing is going around. Trust me, you're making a catch to me. But as much as I hate to say it, give me my drum roll, please. Y'all know I could care less about the Patriots. But what Tom Brady did in the Super Bowl against the Eagles uh, nice. is is hands down the best performance of a, in a losing effort I have ever seen. <laughs> Call it what it is when it comes to Frizz really not caring about Tom Brady. I respect the game. I respect this man. And li listen to these numbers. 25 for 48. Not the best when it comes to completion percentage. Of those 25 completed passes, he put up 500 yards. Amongst those 500 yards, he put up five touchdown passes, and he lost. Like that to Nick I, Foles. I, to Nick Foles, right? So, like, I, that's also incredible. But he played as well or as perfect of a game you could play from the position of a quarterback. I don't know if we will ever see someone put that type of performance up in the championship and catch an L. So, again, respect where respect is due. 
my goodness, that is it. You got to go home and be like, what the fuck else do I? And he contemplated retirement after that. Like he literally wanted to retire after that game. It's like, what else am I supposed to do? So kudos, big shouts to him. But my goodness, man, that's incredible. Let me read what we got over here. Mm hmm. Darian is a is a man of truth. He's a truth teller right now. He does. He's gonna even if it hurts his heart, he'll put those one and two LeBron and Brady because he knows. So what I have to admit is this show has I can't play the bias factor. I can't do it. You right? Go like, full I got, skip and listen to I, I say gotta, some crazy I'm not, shit because I'm not just gonna say some shit just so that people can call me out on it because I'm gonna forget. I'm gonna 100 forget 100 forget that I said it. So like I can't do that. I respect the game, man. Like, and again, after these L's that like the Saints have taken, after these L's that the Lakers have taken, granted, I've been pretty happy with LSU. So, like, I'm happy about that. But like, when you lose this much, like, you just gotta start respecting shit. And I can't be hating on it. Like, I used to hate on Brady, and then I'm like, the motherfucker got seven championships. Like, what else? Like, I can't hate on him for that. Same thing with LeBron James. Like, he is the best. He is the all-time scorer in the history of the game. I can't, I can no longer say he's not a scorer. I can no longer say he's not clutch. Like he put up the most points in the history of the sport. It's just done over. I just can't argue. I don't got the energy to do it anymore. You're getting old, man. You're getting old. I think we have enough time to get, it's unfortunate that we only have probably like 15 ish minutes to talk. Low NBA. We can still hit it, yeah. We want to talk about the deadline because it was one of the more wild trade deadlines I can remember uh, just because of the top heaviness of it with KD, Kyrie. Um, mm -hmm. just was super impactful. Let's see. So we have the Kyrie trade to the Mavs. We have the KD Suns trade blockbuster. Uh, you had the Lakers making a couple moves, improving. The Russells. Yep. Um, what else do we have that's kind of impactful we can talk on? So areas that will definitely help teams in, in one area or another. Uh, I like that Eric Gordon to the Clippers trade. Um, that's that's helpful for their front court or backcourt, whatever one is the point Back. guard, shooting guard area, backcourt. Um, that's going to help them. Uh, I think even with that trade for you know Phoenix and and Brooklyn, Brooklyn's going to pan out pretty good. Like we're I think down the road. You want to start there. Yeah, we could just do that. I think that'd probably be the better area instead of going trade by trade. Yeah, I was just curious if it was like because those are the three big ones I'm thinking of. If there's something else that's kind of impactful, you know, let me remind me. But mm -hmm. Suns, uh, Brooklyn, obviously, it's kind of a the second domino after the Kyrie move. We can talk on that afterwards. First of all, how do you think this affects the Suns? Are they the favorite in your opinion now? Yes, one word only needed for that. Yeah, uh, I think. I'd still take the Celtics probably just because of the continuity chemistry. If you know if they met in the finals, uh, and I still have, you know, who's the biggest loser of that trade? To be honest with you, it bums me out. I was so high on the Nuggets all year. I from day oh. one, I was big on the Nuggets, and that trade really took the wind out of the Nuggets' sail. Um, so, so a quick point, um, just because it's something that I was thinking of, and they were talking about it obviously online as well. This trade deadline absolutely screwed all of the top teams in the West. Like the top four teams that were having an incredible season, the Nuggets, the Grizzlies, the Kings, and the, you can kind of say the Mavs, but we'll just say at least the top three because they were okay. They were okay enough to not do anything. And then it was the middling teams that made moves that you go, crap, bro. If we face them in the first round, 
Curry and them got GP3, GP2 back. I think that's an incredible pickup after he passed this physical, but that's the defensive stopper. Yeah, they, they it did go through, but it, he passed this physical. I think that's an incredible pickup for them to help their defense, their bench, their, their depth, right? Then you got the Suns, middling team, that now added Kevin Durant. And then again, uh, I'm not I saying disagree. The I disagree in the middling okay. thing. I think really they going into the season were a championship contender contender, probably going to finish one of the top three seeds projected four games over five. Let me finish. Let me finish. They were projected as a top three seed, right? Mm-hmm. They lose for a long period of time. Chris Paul, they lose for a long period of time. Devin Booker, they start stumbling and falling after that. So they had the talent on the team. It was a matter of injuries and not having their, their car, their star players there. They were, if you look at what they've been doing in the past couple of weeks, they've been rocketing up the standings before the trade. I think they're, they were four seed before the trade, four or five seed. Uh, so it's not like they were middling. They just were unfortunate to have injury. I guess you can say that. I mean, I'm looking at their last 10, six and four. I didn't go before that, obviously. And I'm, I'm thinking about where they're at right now. They're technically the fourth, the fifth seed. So it's like, they're they're not where I've always said that the Suns were a regular season team. They're always a team that finishes first or second, and they or they get the home court advantage all the way up through the Eastern Conf- the Western Conference Finals. Them not being there to me is I would see that as middling because they're not performing up to their expectation. Even with those injuries or players missing, they're a team that now they they can be a potential one or two seed because of this addition to it, where they were middle of the pack. Essentially, they. They, they go down the wrong path, and they end up being a play-in team. Like, you only have to be the seventh seed for that. Well, let's talk about the trade itself, right? So we have mm-hmm. Katie, going to, um, Katie going to the Suns. To the Nets, you have four unprotected first picks. Was it unprotected, uh, J.A.? So yeah, no, that's, that's pretty four solid. Four unprotected and one, one pick swap. That's, I don't know what the hell that means, but that's pick a swaps, lot of picks. Good, too. That's... That's very good, unprotected. Uh, Bridges and Cam. And the crazy thing is I think Zach Lowe, uh, I watch a lot of, I listen to a lot of his podcasts, and apparently he's heard from NBA sources that teams were willing to offer three first-round picks for Bridges. So they could have had like a total of seven first-round picks back in this trade. He thinks it's too much. I think that if you go back to the summer, what the asking price was for KD was probably around this, if not a little more. Um, and the Nets said no. And I guess they, there was no suitors for that. So I think that this was going to be the asking price. Is it too much? All right. Do you want one of the top three players in the world? Right? Yeah. Um, because it's going to bring you, you know, where you need to go. It, it reminds me of, um, who's the, who's the guy who was uh, the Boston guy? Bill Simmons. Uh, I heard a quote from him, and his philosophy is three, four quarters don't make a dollar. Do you know what that means? Four mid players don't, don't add up. You. Yeah, exactly. There's only a few players as good as your top ten Kevin Durant type player. You're gonna have to play, pay a premium to get a guy like that. So if the Suns feel like that's gonna take them over the edge, it's what you got to do. As far as Brooklyn. Right, I love it for them because mm-hmm. I know people will say I'm going on a bit of a tangent, so just stop me if you need to. D. You good? I know people are saying this is the biggest failure, one of the biggest failures in basketball history, right? Because you had Kyrie, KD, and then uh, traded for James Harden. They didn't have to give up any assets to get, to get KD. 
they didn't have to give up any assets to get Kyrie. Yeah, they gutted some of the skeleton of that team, but you give up nothing to get those two, and you're bringing back like the return five on five first round picks, four unprotected, a pick swap. You're bringing back Bridges, Cam. You're bringing back a couple players from the Mavs. Like, I don't. I, I get it. Like they didn't win championships, but to say that this did was a complete disaster for the Nets is kind of overblown. So I want to, I think the, maybe, maybe I'm thinking of it of a different angle. I think the disaster part of it isn't so much like the organization, like what the return was after all this, like at the end of the day, it's a business. I think the organization for the Nets wasn't a disaster. I think the culmination of those three as a talent, those three being put together as a team, that was a disaster. Those three played, I think, 13 games together. Um, it was between 13 and 15. wasn't a lot. So, like, they never played. They won one playoff series, and it, like, it festered into nothing for their three careers. So, like, that would be more of the disaster than it being on the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets been through this before, right? Like, they did what they did to get uh, KG, Paul Pierce, and I want to say another player, uh, Deron Williams, I think it was. And then nothing happened, right? So, like, this is the second time, right? And they're just trying it again. They are in an area where they don't have to mm -hmm. build for the future. They're a good enough market where, like, they can trade for their future. And hopefully it works. And going back to the other trade, like, that was way worse for that franchise because they were an unmitigated failure. I don't remember what seed they finished and made the playoffs or if they even made the playoffs. But at least this iteration of the Nets were competitive and every year were considered a championship contender and, you know, finished with a, I mean, last year they finished with seven and the first year was pretty rough, but they were always in it is what I'm trying to say. And the funny thing is like, as much as people want to hate on James Harden for being lazy or whatever, and, and not being a winning player, he, he went there cause he wanted to win games. And after the fact, now, if you're, if you listen to some of the interviews and shit that go on, um, and he, he spoke on it when they played Brooklyn last night, uh, it's basically Kyrie. Like he he was the wedge that drove this thing apart because Harden wants to go there to win basketball games. Katie gets hurt. Kyrie can't play because of the vaccine thing and other things that's occurred. And he's just like, dude, I'm not doing this. Like I'm here to win basketball games. So I don't I think to your original point, right, about you saying it's not management's fault. It is in the fact that they gave the franchise over to two guys who you cannot count on. That was their biggest mistake. Yes. I'm, I'm agreeing with you on this one. Um, Kyrie, unfortunately, drove a, a, a giant metal spike through that organization, and it ruined their opportunities to their window. That opened and closed so fast. I don't know if we've ever seen that or will ever see that amongst stars again. Um, he drove that team apart. I, I think we spoke off air about all the games that he missed and like it, it wasn't even just injury, right? Like he missed a ton of games in Boston with an injury and then he missed the next season, you know, with an injury in the first round and, and then he missed the next season with the Nets because of COVID, right? And then he missed the next season because of protest. Like, like it, it's just something always happened with Kyrie and it, it manifested into a failure in Boston a failure in Brooklyn, and I love Luka Doncic. I really hope this doesn't result into a 
epic failure for him because he doesn't deserve that. The man has been carrying the torch for as long as he could over there, and he gets help. But is it the help that he actually can use? I don't want to get like a, uh, there's so much to talk about on this. Mm-hmm. I want to get a little bit of a conspiracy on this one. Oh, I heard Windhorst, like we're talking like finger waving. Did Brian he do Windhorst. that? Because I think he retired. No, they were they were joking on about it, but he had he had suggested in a very Windhorst. I know something, but I'm not going to say it way. That Kyrie still has how do I put it? He still has interest in Phoenix. He still has, he still wants to play with KD. And there is some speculation that he might try after this season because his contract is out to leverage the Mavs to get to the Phoenix Suns. So a sign and trade type of deal. So that is news to me because... I was under the assumption that the only reason why the trade went through with the Suns is because they promised the extension for him. But it depends. What's the extension, though? That's what I was going to say. That extension with a sign in trade. Because come on, Ky- well, here's the thing. I'm I think Durant. Why do I want that? Like, what leverage does Kyrie have by saying, "Yo, sign and trade me to the Suns"? Who, like, what does Monty Williams think? Like, he doesn't even play for that team. What does Chris Paul think? Like, well, do you think Chris Paul might be part of that sign and trade? For him to go to Dallas, why? Just what would what just would he benefit salary from that matches? He- um, but like, here's the thing: like with Kyrie, like his biggest gr- grievance with the Nets is they were going to only offer him two years guaranteed. Um, I think it, I don't know if it was max or a little less than max. He was going to get two years guaranteed and. The third year, there was stipulations on how much were you going to play in the first two years, right? So there was there was games clauses in there, and he's like, "Nah, I want the full max four year guarantee. Like, I want all my years max. Or I think maybe they can offer him five because he's a uh, bird rights. But he wanted all of the years guaranteed. And they're like, we just can't do that. Like, it you've burnt us so many times, we can't just <laughs> give you money in the the contract. And he wanted out. I'm curious if if Dallas says we'll give you as many years as you want, which I don't think that's their plan because it, it just doesn't make sense. Um, it's basically how, how many years do they want to give him? If they give him what he wants, he'll stay. If they don't, he'll weasel his way out. Like we know that about him. But that is a win-win for the Mavs. They don't have to force. They don't need to sign and trade for Chris Paul if the salaries match because they have Luca. That's an irrelevant position for them to have a Chris Paul. Right. Let's just and say they don't, have to, they don't have to sign him to trade him like that. Just right. don't sign him, right? I don't understand where the leverage would come in for that. The Mav, the Suns. No, for the what? Would, why would the why would the Mavs need to play ball with that? Well, because if if Kyrie has no desire to resign with you, you want to recoup something back instead of just letting him walk for nothing. Yeah, but I mean, they got rid of what Dorian Dorian Finney Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie. I understand the two first, but the Mavs aren't picking in the lottery. Like, they didn't really give up anything for him. They gave depth. That no, you're in, you're hating on Dorian Finney Smith. He's a very I'm not good saying they're bad wing but, defender. No, 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 no. By no means am I saying they're bad. What I'm saying is they didn't give up an, like enough to to be attached to Kyrie Irving. I thought that he was he was under. Well, I, again, I thought the contract 
agreement with the trade was he is he's accepting an extension to stay with the Mavs, not to be traded. So like that just threw a wrench into my plans with it. I don't think his future at Dallas is as solidified as as you think. Well, I didn't know that. Like again, this is news to me. Yeah, and the thing with the you said they didn't give up much, but they had already traded away first round draft picks, so they had two picks available to trade. Right now, they traded one away. If Kyrie walks, right, you have one first round draft pick to trade, and then what else for assets? Yeah, Nothing. And then, and the thing is, like you say, well, you have Luca. He wants to win. If if Kyrie walks and they have no prospects, he's gonna leave. Eventually, I think he's going to leave no matter what. Um, that's just that's uh, no part of me says that he's going to take the Dirk route and just like I'm here for the ride. I and don't part know, of me man. says that he's going to take the Giannis route, which is look, I'm here. I mean, no, sorry, not the the Dirk. What, and Giannis what about his stay. personality? What about his personality says that because he to me is someone who's fiery, passionate, and wants to win. And if he's a franchise that's perpetually a six, seven seed, he's not going to be happy doing that. But he's not a six seven seed that's not making the Western Conference Finals. They were there, I think it was two years ago. Like he, no, last year. Sorry, they made, they made it last year against the Mavs. Against the, that the, seemed the kind Warriors. of fluky, though. I'm just gonna. But say. they still made it. I yeah. get what you're saying, but like they still made it, and it's it is one piece of work. So Dallas isn't a major market, but they are a market that can sign a team because sign a player because of Mark Cuban, the, the bread that that man is willing to give up. He that he makes Dallas a viable destination. It's a salary cap sport, though, brother. Like. There's not much you can do there. You can still pay in the luxury tax. You can still pay in the luxury tax, but you have to maneuver your contracts in a way that you can retain with bird rights and stuff. Like you can't just sign anyone. You know what I mean? There's a there's a hard there, there's a hard there's cap. There's slots that they have. Is the soft just, cap. Is, is, yeah, they're, 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 they're max slots. All they have is just Luca. The cap is there. They don't got the Porzingis on their contracts anymore. So like they, they have... They at least have two slots for them to sign a max player. Do you? So let's just just talking trade. Do you like that trade for the for the Mavs? Yeah, I yeah. I, I think it's the help, the short term help. Again, I was under the assumption that he was going there to be extended and be a Mavs player. So like, is it a different? It, it, does it does it change the way my perception is now? Yeah, because I didn't realize that he could just leave at the end of the season. But I think it's a good trade for the Mavs for the playoffs. I think Kyrie Irving presents a, a a set of tools that will help them out substantially when both of them are on the court. If it's long term and he's not there, then that's when I'm like, maybe they kind of lost out on that one. But like, I didn't know that he was requesting or thinking about doing a sign and trade at the end of the season. I I I understand I understand why the Mavs did it right because they're worried that Luca will walk and they want to find him a superstar pairing to appease him, to make the team more relevant, to give him a chance at winning. I just don't go for that guy. He's shown time in and time in time, time again, that is that he is unreliable, that he creates problems, not with maybe his fellow players, although James Harden would say otherwise, but organizationally, you just can't work with the guy. I would just be worried that bringing him in could detonate this team and I would have rather seen them maybe wait until next. I know it's it. There's a timeline they want to, you know, win with Luca, but maybe wait until the off season, unlock another one of those picks. Cause you can only trade so many at a time and make a bigger move for someone that you really feel comfortable as the co-star. But I don't oh, No, just, it is what it is, man. They made the move. They, I just, they might be short sighted. That's all. 
I love Kyrie Irving, the talent. I absolutely despise Kyrie Irving, the person, because he, I think I might have said it off air. He hasn't done shit since the shot. Nothing. He's done, he's brought nothing to the table since the shot against Golden State. And he's burning teams, right? He's leaving them in, in areas that they should they don't deserve to be in. What he did to Boston was ridiculous. What he's done to Brooklyn is ridiculous. What he could potentially do to Dallas also is going to be ridiculous if he does the same thing. But is he a talented ball player? You bet your ass he is. Like, <laughs> God gifted. So I want the talent of Kyrie Irving. I hate what the baggage comes, the, the baggage that comes with it. And for the short term, like I said, for this season, it's a shot in the arm, right? They were they were in the Western Conference Finals last season. Watered down Western Conference. So like you said, I know that it was different, but they have a top 10 player in Kyrie and they have a top three play, player in Luka. Maybe something happens. We don't know. Their defense is absolutely shit right now. Hopefully, Even, hopefully they score 120 a night because DFS yeah, I think that was, was really good. Goal. I think Cuban said that. He's like, we're not going to play defense. They, we're just going to yeah. try to put up 130 every night. Their one good defender and Dorian Finney-Smith is gone. I, and just to jump on the Nets, like the totality of all these moves, I watched them play the Philadelphia 76ers. Was it last night? The night before? Their team's low-key, like, fun to watch now. And The Nets? They're... they're I think they're going to be in decent shape. The players they got back are actually pretty solid. They're still going to be competitive. They'll probably finish as a seven seed or something like that. And they have a shit ton of picks. I feel like they're back to where before the Kyrie KD thing, remember when they had D'Lo, they were kind of the upstart nets. They're kind of that mm-hmm. team now. Uh, they're fun to watch. I, I, They're a rootable team, and I'm, I'm hoping for the best for that, for that franchise now that that's all taken care of. They had the bench players and the bench dances, which is why people like them. They were doing. They were all doing the. It's like, back, the baby. The bench yeah, dances like, are mean, back. Hey, the the towel waving and and the Ben Simmons sitting on the bench, never getting into the game. Um, man, I missed. That's that a problem. One. That's the biggest problem they made is getting Ben Simmons. Yeah, that definitely hurt their franchise. Uh, all right, you want to touch on the the last the last big trades uh, involving your team? Yeah, um, I think again, I, I said it. Um, you know, we said it off air. I think these trades that the uh, the Lakers made. And the talent that they acquired, I saw J- Jared Vanderbilt make a pass on on Saturday. I was just like, "Yes, let's go!" A, a playmaking big um, that can play defense. And what they picked up, they shipped out Russell, right? They they got they got rid of Westbrook. It's it's unfortunate that you know um, that they had to do it, but like they they got better, significantly better without him, and they got younger. I'm not saying that they are going to be a one or two seed, but you know, getting rid of Westbrook to pick up, you know, D'angelo Russell, playmaking shot creator that is needed. He's not the typical point guard, but he's, he's a gross. floor stretch. You can say it, man, but I, I I've seen the kid play. He's a shot creating, you know, point guard that can distribute okay. He's not the best, but like again, that's what LeBron James is for. But he's gonna score. He can get you 20-30 if you need it, right? Like he, he has can. the ability to do that. I don't think he's Russell also Westbrook, gonna take a lot of bad shots. You say that, but I again, as much as I stay away from the whole LeBron's giving him his dues, LeBron elevates people, right? Like he, he has the ability to elevate D'Angelo Russell into a better player, which we all thought he could be being the number two draft pick. What was it like eight years ago, seven years ago, something like that? Uh, so like he has the ability to get that. He's playing with one of the best of all time. You're not even allowing me to do this. And this is what you did when we were offline as well. I'm trying to explain to you the, the, the benefits of this team. He's just 
cutting me off and making it seem like the trades suck. The Lakers are going to be terrible. I ain't saying they're going to be world beaters. I'm saying they may not miss, they may miss the play-in. That's all I'm saying. Let, let them be a five seed. Let them be a six seed. You don't you know you don't want to play in the playoffs? Healthy LeBron, healthy AD. Like there's no team that wants that. I don't care the age. The LeBron factor comes in when he's in the playoffs, you go shit. We have to play LeBron James. And if Anthony Davis is healthy, we have seen what he does on his 30, 10, and 5 nights. And those five are blocks. So, like, I'm, I know that I'm praying for health. But I'm saying if they are healthy with the young st- skilled players that they just received, I'm not just talking about Russell, but I'm talking about Malik Beasley, a sniper. I said they needed a shooter. They got one. Jared Vanderbilt, a backup four or five that can replace AD if needed. Right, they got Mo freaking Bamba. So bad. and I know you don't like, you don't care so for him bad. because he was on the Magic, but I'm telling you, the way that this team can elevate themselves with having LeBron James, if he's willing to pull them to the finish line, they are younger, they are deeper, they are better than they were two weeks ago. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying they're a top three seed, but you, they are a five or six seed that you don't want to play if that team is healthy. I mean, I, I like the moves, right? I think that it makes more sense roster-wise. They're, they had a huge issues with shooting, outside shooting. They have improved drastically there, right? Just just like, why didn't you make this move three months earlier so it would have mattered? Like, that's my thing. You know, they're, they're marginally better, which is fun. You know, that's great for them. But they should have done this a long time ago. They gave up one of their picks, even though it has top four protection. It's not fully unprotected. I, I thought it was a good trade. They didn't give up too much. But now they lose that asset to trade in the future, right? I would have preferred them chilling, right? Uh, getting rid of that Russell Westbrook contract, maybe throwing a couple picks and something and taking the full full step. I feel like they took a half measure, right, this year, and they gave up some ammunition they could have used in the future. That's my only grievance with it right so like they did the half measure now to make lebron happy to make him feel like he can be competitive we don't think that they're a championship team and now they don't have those assets later on to make the big move to get the big fish that's my only issue and i i i get what you're saying i'm not gonna agree with it i can just say i understand right i wanted the superstar splash we got the all-star pickup right and it's nothing i don't think there's anything wrong with it i wanted you don't call him a superstar. Zach Levine is a fucking superstar. He just happens to play in Chicago. He's not, bro. He was. He is. You, he's you're not. saying that he's not. He's young. He's gifted. He has the ability to play three. He's like 27 coming off a bad knee injury, man. What? A knee injury three years ago? Like, what are we No, he was about? injured last year. No. Okay. So, again, that's news to me. But he still can leap out the gym. I've seen the man dunk. I'm not even talking about just his dunking ability. I'm saying he is a scoring threat. The boy can get buckets. So I would have rather have seen them me, go after Levine. But they picked up D'Angelo Russell. I am accepting that it's not just... Because I even said it to you. I was like, if it was just Russell, I'd be like, damn. Probably could have did more. But it's what they got with it. They got Beasley. They got Vanderbilt. They got Bamba. They got... Bamba's um, bad, bro. Throw him out of there. He's you, terrible. No, you're, 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 I mean, for you, you might say he's, be, he's bad. I've watched him play. I, I will... I'm going to watch the Lakers game. He's an athletic big that is going to spill AD. What, what more can you ask for? 
just someone who can actually get boards and play aggressive and want to play I'm basketball. Watch the game tonight. All right, I'm gonna watch, watch the game tonight. And you're see gonna how be so frustrated about his lack of effort and not wanting to be tough. You're gonna hate it so much. I gotta worry about that with LeBron James. What are you talking about? Lack of effort and wanting to be tough. The man still flops on on the ground like he's a sack of pillows. Like, come on, man. Like, I gotta deal with that for the year in and year out. You think I care if the fourth string big does that? No, I can care less. But my, just, my, the GOAT is doing that, let alone Jared Vanderbilt or Mo Bamba doing it. Just one last thing on uh, on the Levine thing. If mm-hmm. he was that dude, like the guy you think he is, he is, he would have success as a leader of a team somewhere. But time and time again, man, his teams are losers. Mm-hmm. It's just him, by the way. There's really nobody else. Well, don't you said he was that don't dude. Tell me don't tell me it's DeMar. Um, Demar, Demar. I say it the, the oh, less I like You just jogged my memory. I want to mention the Demar Hamlin sitting next to the Goodell thing at the Super Bowl. I th- I found it kind of weird and annoying. You didn't like it? I'm kind of out on Demar Hamlin. Not him as a person, but like how the NFL is puppeting him around. I it just it's sick. They it's needed me. to. A man almost died on national television. They're like, look, it's safe. He's alive. No, get the <laughs> fuck out of here. All right, y'all. Thanks for watching the podcast. Uh, we appreciate y'all. You know, watching live or listening, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all those good places. Uh, remember, subscribe. I'm like, I feel flat. This you, man is incredible right now. You take it over now. I feel like I'm flat. I'm Roboto again. <laughs> As this guy would typically say, hit us up on all platforms, social media wise. You can hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch. Uh, you can hit us up on YouTube. All of those will work out for us. But as I say, when we getting out of here, y'all, please be safe. Make sure you take care of y'all bread. Take care of y'all chicken. Take care of y'all mentals, y'all physicals. Valentine's Day is tomorrow for those with the ladies. <laughs> but y'all be out of here. Be easy. Yeah, you know what it was? It's this goddamn computer. I had to restart, I had to restart the man, exit. If you don't just get us out of here, man, go buy yourself a goddamn computer. Peace.